This podcast is brought to you by ESET, the global leaders in cybersecurity. ESET business solutions range from endpoint and mobile security to encryption, two-factor authentication, and advanced threat detection. And they've just introduced their new endpoint security management platform called ESET Protect. The ESET Protect business security bundles take security to a whole new level. For small businesses and MSPs, I recommend ESET Protect Advanced to cover all your security bases. ESET Protect Advanced includes endpoint protection, cloud sandboxing for advanced threat detection, and prevention, full disk encryption, file server security, and cloud-based console. Right now, you can save 20% with this limited time offer. So you're not only getting best-in-class cloud-managed protection against advanced attacks, you're enjoying a significant discount. Not yet convinced? Don't worry. You can also get a free trial and an interactive demo at business.eset.com radio. Get 20% off ESET's new business cybersecurity bundle, ESET Protect Advanced, at business.eset.com radio. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. Now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 78 of The Awakened Soul. It's your host, CEO Hayes. No sound effects this week. We got a a fun show planned for you guys this week. I hit you over the top with a lot of deep topics um, the last couple of weeks. And next week is the episode discussion panel on white privilege. So that you know is going to be deep. So this week, I decided to not take it easy on you guys because we still have our usual hard-hitting topics but they're covered in a little bit more of a light-hearted way a fun way we have guests all throughout the show this week just just a good show but the discussion topic this week the ending segment we got <laughs> mr maddie mo himself maddie pace from the maddie mo show uh mr motivation in the building um that is just a great interview it's a great segment it's it's all that good stuff it's a great episode of podcasting great discussion i can't wait till you guys hear it um, but that's enough. You know, I mean, you guys felt that vibe when we started off the show. So let's go ahead. I'm going to jump back into that. Then we're going to hop into the end of mine haze where I got a special surprise for you guys. I will see you beautiful people on the other side. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know I love to bring a guest on, especially for the end of mine hey segment. And what we're starting off in my mind is kind of where we left off. So last week we were talking about black owned business in the last segment. And I mentioned a black owned business owner that I personally know. And she decided to join me today. And that's the lovely Nick from Erotic Boudoir. How are you doing? Good. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. You know, I mean, besides, you know, the, the you know, you know, the stuff that you run into being uh, <laughs> in the public eye somewhat. So besides that, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have you been telling people to, to say the name right? It's Boudoir, not Boudoir. Oh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> our people. I love them. I love black people. But sometimes the way they just they they choose not to slow down and really read what they're about to say mm-hmm. is what it is. Is that how often do you get someone like contacting you and just say, completely murdering the name of your company? All the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thought well, about changing the name. <laughs> do, don't change it. It's too dope to change. Um, <laughs> but so we're, I, I have, I, well, I put out a notice. You responded, which I, I, I'm thankful that you did about someone joining me on the, in the Mind of Hay segment. But it, it worked out perfectly because we talked about black owned business. And as a business owner, you can definitely give your perspective on it. Um, so first, you know, even though I, I said a little bit about it next week, tell the people what erotic boudoir is. Erotic Boudoir is an adult novelty uh, adult event company. We specialize in everything erotic, kinky, a little bit of everything. Get your sexy on over here. Um, We have all types of adult toys. We host adult events. Um, We vend at a lot of adult events. And that's who we are. We have lingerie, vibrators, dildos, butt plugs, (laughs) you name it, whips, chains, leashes, collars. A little bit of everything. <laughs> All right. So you definitely, yeah, you have everything covered and inserted, so to say. Um. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> so as a, as a black business owner, um, what, what's, what's the biggest obstacle that you feel you run into? Um, the biggest obstacle as a whole? Mm-hmm. Um, the stigma attached to adult novelties for me. Okay. You know, for me being a black business owner, what I run into just a lot is the type of business that I have. A lot of people aren't comfortable speaking about their sexuality or their sexual experiences. So that's the biggest hurdle for me is just the type of business I have. But as far as being an owner, you know, everyone has the debt, the debt ratio or the credit or, you know, um, things like that or getting uh, the most the most up-to-date products and things like that. Um, but yeah. So do you, as far as like the, that first obstacle, do you find yourself becoming as much as like an educator slash sex therapist, as much as, as a, a sex toy sensei? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, very, very often uh, people will DM me from um, Instagram just to ask for advice. And I don't mind, you know, giving advice. A lot of times people will say, oh, well, my advice is not free. And they'll they'll try to charge you or, you know, let we could video chat if you set, cash at me $25 or something like that. But no, I give sexual advice all the time, all the time. And then as far as like the, um, like when you started the business, the credit and applying for business loan, if you did all that, was there at all, I mean, you have it kind of double. You're not only a minority owner, but you're also a woman. So, did you run into? Did you feel like that was a, a added layer of of obstacles for you? Um, being a woman, sure. You know, there are some couples that are apprehensive, or some wives that are apprehensive to uh, introduce their husbands to me for fear of, I guess, me saying or making their husband become attracted to me, which that's not, you know, that's never my focus ever. Um, when I, when we, myself and my, my partner, when we speak to couples, we always address the wife, you know, when it's a man, woman couple, we always address the wife because it just makes them, there's more comfortability in that way. 
Um, because, you know, when you have your man there and women being in competition with women, I'll be like, oh, what, what you won't do, another woman will. You know, when women hear those types of things, they, they get uncomfortable. If they see an attractive woman trying to show her what to do to her man, they, they fear that her man will want to do those things with that woman. So there was a, there's a, that's always a, a bit of a struggle. Like no matter how long I've been in the business, <laughs> that will always be, you know, the struggle. Um, as far as the, the financial part of it, I don't think my gender or race has anything to do <laughs> <laughs> with the finances because all money is green. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's always a constant struggle. And, you know, starting up our business, we started um, uh, online only and still currently is online only um, at the moment. Um, we're currently shopping for uh, brick and mortar locations in Philadelphia to, you know, open up a store. So that's where some of these uh, these loans might get to popping and I might have a <laughs> mortgage and not own a house. But, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, okay, that's 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 good. It hasn't it hasn't been too bad on that front. Um, what about the support? Like in your in your community, outside of the people around you, did did you find it easy to get support for what you did, or was that a harder route to go? Um, it was. It depends on who you're talking to. Most most family members. I want to say fifty percent of my family members was like, "You want to do what? <laughs> you know what I mean." <laughs> And the other 50% was like, go, girl, that's right, girl, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, but as far as any of my very close friends, they know I've always been a um, very open person and very free with my sexuality, so it doesn't come to any surprise to them, and they, you know, they provide plenty of support in that way, and have told other people like, if you want, if you want to know something about some toys, go see my girlfriend Nick, she be knowing about that shit, you know, so... <laughs> So I've gotten support. Um, I recently at my full time gig got a little bit of, of an issue with the owner of the facility um, and him just not understanding completely, you know, what it is that I do. And he thought one thing, but I had to, like, talk to him funny enough and just tell him, like, I'm not a porn dealer, dog. Like, that's not <laughs> what I do. <laughs> Not a peddler, <laughs> a porn peddler. Yeah, I get, and that's the thing is like a, a lot of people here like automatically anything adult, and they just go to the worst. Like next thing you know, they'll think you're some type of mistress or something like or madam, where you just got a a roster of women ready to go. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so the kind of what we talked about last week when we were talking about black owned business, I want to get your your perspective on this. Is black people supporting their own? Have you? Ran into that. So the statistic, um, just in case you didn't hear the episode, is that um, only 10% of black owned income goes back into black owned businesses. So do you do you see that as an issue as an as a business owner? And what what have you done to kind of combat that? Um, I do see that from time to time. Um, I see a lot of people may ask my advice about specific toys or what I recommend and then we'll go someplace else because it's cheaper instead of supporting the person that you know, um, which can be problematic because you don't, 
you like you don't get the same personalized purchase like you just mm-hmm. don't if you ever have anybody that's ever bought anything from me i leave my lines of communication wide open for them to say oh this might have happened or this doesn't work or this that we stand by everything that that we sell and we'll replace anything if there's any issues with it where a lot of other times with with other companies you won't get that so i i do believe that people um it's, pl- it's problematic. What I've also encountered is everybody wants a discount. Everybody wants, oh, you're going to hook me up. You're going this, you're going that. And it's like, oh, when you go into Target, do you ask them to discount the, those shoes or that pocketbook or that case of water? Like their price is their price. My price is my price. If I want to give you, if I want to give you a discount, let me give you that discount. Because nine times out of 10, if we have some sort of personal relationship, I'm going to give you a discount. But don't immediately like Nick what's up I want to get some stuff from you but can you give me a discount without even asking what it is that you know without me even knowing what it is that you you want you know so I I find that problematic and frustrating I can imagine we do have a way of doing it don't we our people (laughs) (laughs) everybody wants a discount and you know being a, a business owner also when I patron other black businesses i never ask for a discount i never and i always give a tip each and every time and that way people see me like oh nick's on you know she's such a good business person she's on the up and up she's so professional she does that and they're and they wind up giving me discounts anyway i don't expect it i never patron a business and expect a discount i patron it because i think that you have a good product or you have good business ethics period what's up and i've so i've asked a lot of like questions, I guess, on the nev- negative aspect, but let's get to the positive. What's the best thing about being a business owner? What's and, and you can share a story, anything. What, what's been the best thing? Um, the best thing having the freedom to do what you want to do, the freedom to do what you want to do when you want to do it. You make your own hours, you know. Um, I'm I'm everything in my business. I don't have an accounting department. I don't have a <laughs> reconcilement department i do everything um promotions advertisements like i have complete creative control of how i want my business to be perceived and not you know i always want it to be sophisticated and you know classy i never want to have someone spread eagle with a erotic boudoir shirt on or something like that you know what i mean like I, I pride myself in having a, a very sophisticated and sexy business to be eye appealing to men and women. So that that's the the upside of it. I can I have complete creative control of of how I want it to be perceived to the masses. And I must commend you on your promotion game. Like I was telling you before we started when we set this up, like I've going into owning my own like media company that's like podcasting and video and everything else. Mm-hmm. I of course want to look for like a blueprint of promotion and how it works and i must say your promotion game is unmatched (laughs) unmatched (laughs) and like you it's always and it's always very dope visuals that you that you create for whether it's an event whether it's a a product whether it's engaging like your audience and your followers and like a, a conversation you're always creating and i gotta i gotta say since now i can say it in front of people like you're dope and it's amazing thank you thank you i mean i learned from from constantly being on social media. I learned from some of the people that have the 20,000 followers or the 50,000 followers. And I, you know, you know me, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk to anybody. I will DM you. I DM Cardi B. I DM Beyonce. Like I DM all of those people. I'm not afraid to talk to people. 
So thank you. You know, I appreciate it. It's, it's long nights and some red eyes, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I want, I want, I want, I gave you time to talk about your business, but I kind of want to, let, let's pay it forward. And I know you have a friend with an interior design company that's a, does amazing work. Let's go ahead and plug her stuff. So that way we can, we can keep it moving. <laughs> that's my girl, Lauren, uh, Lauren White. She's principal and, uh, owner designer, principal designer and owner of LNW interior concepts. Um, she is on Instagram, Facebook, not so much. She does have a Facebook page, but on Instagram is LNW interior concepts. She does home decorating, staging, um, renovations she does rendering she does it all man she she has a, a very keen eye for luxury um home decor you know and she's been doing this for a number of years professionally she's been doing it i think for four four years um but she's decorated my apartments from when i was in my 20s <laughs> she decorated some of my apartment, so she's always had that knack, and she has a, a a very keen eye for luxury and everything, like clothes and shoes and just everything. She she's she's dope. But thank you, thank you for uh, plugging her. Oh man, like I'm really trying going into 2019 using my platform to do that with more small black owned businesses, just because like being in social media, being in the space with other creatives, there's so much out there that people won't really know if we don't try to spread the word and use what we can. So, well, all right. So the last thing that we got for you, um, if you, anyone who's listened to this, who hears you, who has heard me talk about black owned business the last couple of weeks, if you had to give them not really a blueprint, but any advice, if they really have an interest in starting their own business, what would it be? <sighs> Buy lots of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, sheesh. Be patient. Patience is is the key to everything. Be patient. Be persistent. Um, don't compromise your values. You know, have have core values set for yourself that are you cannot compromise them. Have those core values. You can be flexible when you're negotiating, but you must have core values. If you don't have core values, you're going to be thrown here, there, and everywhere. So, yeah, be patient. Know that it's not you're not going to be an overnight sensation. That's very, very rare. So, you're going to spend more than you make initially. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, you got to be nights. patient. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, Nick, I want to thank you, man, for taking time out your day and joining me and especially short notice like that i really do appreciate it sure you're welcome anytime <laughs> now tell the listeners where they can find you so they can check you out and you can um you can sling those sex toys <laughs> <laughs> on social media platforms we are erotic boudoir it's e-r-o-t-i-c underscore b-o-u-d-o-i-r that's on facebook twitter pinterest uh no snapchat we don't need snapchat <laughs> LinkedIn and the website is www.touchingbodymindandsoul.com. We may be changing the website name soon because that's a mouthful and people tend to get it mixed up with body, mind, and soul. But it's, I mean, mind, and body, soul, but it's body, mind, and soul.com. But on Instagram, erotic underscore boudoir. That's what right. we got. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to peace out. Thank you again. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. Special thanks to Nick from Erotic Boudoir for taking time out uh, to share a perspective from a black 
business owner on the topic that we discussed last week, which was built all around black businesses and our support or lack thereof. It uh, she definitely gave perspective that. I wouldn't have been able to give just because I don't have the expertise. So, you know, we, we love when we're able to keep adding and our conversations on the podcast just keep building and they're really living conversations and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to have that. So special thanks out to her again for that. Uh, we're now going to go ahead and transition to a commercial from Socially Unacceptable. After that, you're going to get the Unpopular Opinion segment from Shawnee's and I will catch you lovely listeners on the other side of that. You are now rocking with socially unacceptable. Socially unacceptable. You are now rocking with socially unacceptable. Socially unacceptable. That was hard. That was kind of dope. That was hard as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all. So some of you know I was away um, this past week in Mexico, um, but I did have a chance to see on Twitter via the Wi-Fi available that you guys on Twitter were attacking Sam Whiteout, quote unquote. Obviously, that's not his real name. Um, white kid, very cute, glasses, kappa, does his little shimmy or whatever. You guys were attacking him because he wrote an article for the Harvard Kennedy School Journal of African American Policy about wokeness. Black Panther, Drake, and basically how to be like the message of being an overall good person. And while I see him trending, I decide with my 30 minutes of free Wi-Fi that I was going to delve into the article. I'm, I don't get it. I'm confusion. I don't get it. Like, I need to understand what is so wrong with what he said and what he wrote about. Um, I get the fact that a lot of people are, um, He's stating, oh, you know, I'm pretty sure they overlooked another black writer for this, for this topic and they chose the white guy. I get where that's coming from, but again, if you don't know that for a fact, then I mean, it's pretty much you're sharing your unpopular opinion, just like I'm doing right now. Um, also, this is not the first article, first edition of this journal. There are hundreds of black writers who have written for this journal, but I'm pretty sure none of that was of interest of you to you until this white guy wrote one. Secondly, what he wrote wasn't bad. He basically stated in multiple passages that the whole cultural infatuation with wokeness is starting to become commercial. I'm pretty sure you can tell that whenever you go shopping via Fashion Nova or Fashion Nova Men, Forever 21, H&M, you see a keychain, a post, you see anything on Instagram. The term woke and wokeness has been commercialized. So I'm not sure where the upset has has stemmed from with that. He's not saying being woke is com- is commercialized or was he downplaying the whole attitude of wokeness? He did also state that people who have, you know, dedicated their lives to, you know, um, educating um, black youth or Hispanic youth or any youth of color on their people and, you know, the whole Black Wall Street thing. He mentioned a lot of these things. He did mention those people that dedicate their lives to those things don't 
relate to the the cultural popularization of wokeness. I see the same thing. I would never in my life, if if this happens, please someone send me the link. KRS-One and someone like EPMD and that, that whole group saying anything about wokeness and making it like a hashtag, like, or really living their life that way. Because those people live their life in a woke type of way without hashtag woke in it. Like, that's clearly what he said. Another thing that I don't get is how, of course, the Twitter's verse, they have their own issues and God help them. But saying like, oh, black women, you're the reason why Sam Whiteout even has this notoriety and, you know, internet fame. But disregarding the fact that Sam Whiteout pledged Kappa. Last time I checked, that's not a fucking sorority. That is a black fraternity, very historical. So if he started pledging and paid y'all his dues and gave y'all his greenbacks to be a brother, that is none of our fault. Yes, he's cute. And yes, he shimmies. And yes, it's like, oh, look at the cool white dude dancing. Just like, you know, the old white dude on Instagram that be dancing and, you know, getting twerked on by everybody. Or, you know, the baddie grandma who be out here dressed in her finest fashion nova on the internet um they're internet famous we didn't put them there okay let's just you know get that straight but anyway this week's unpopular opinion is mostly trying to figure out what as a community black community or just you know community of the rogues quote-unquote what they what we want from people we always say people white people or people with privilege don't speak up for us they don't speak up and speak to their privilege um enough which is causing our problems but then when someone who is involved in the black community i'm not gonna invite him to no fucking cookout or nothing because i mean who does that even like who does that anymore but like if he has some insight into the black community based on his brotherhood of being a Kappa and he's saying, hey, this is what I noticed and they gave him the platform to write that shit and he's not speaking down on it. He's just seeing what he observes on it. Then what is the problem? Do you want him to speak to his white privilege or do you want him to ignore it like everybody else? Like, I don't get what you guys want. You want white people to speak up, but then when they start to speak, you tell them to shut the fuck up. Like, I really hope we can all get together. I don't know where we need to meet up to all have a meeting to decide what we want because it's the same thing when black people do it. It's an acceptable black thing for certain black people to say certain things. Like, if you hear anything be told by, like, a a politician or, let's say, an Angela Rye, you would... completely subscribe to her thoughts and her views on the black community versus if you hear T.I. talk about it because he's a rapper and yes he cheats on his wife and yes he may do his fucking dirt and yes he may have sold drugs but what the fuck does his personal life and his steps have to do with what he's saying about the black community we just all need to sit down we all need to get some pen and paper and we really need to decide what the fuck we want because if we keep pointing fingers and, you know, arguing and bickering on what we want. But we want that, but we want it this way. We're never going to get anywhere. I mean, come on, white boy. It's too much for me. That's why I say what I feel.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the unpopular opinion from Shanice. Now, you guys know, every time after Shanice's unpopular opinion, I like to talk about the topic she just discussed, Sam Whiteout. And because, you know, this is just, I, I think my thoughts on wokeness and everything have been put out there. I brought on a guest. I'm going to let the guests introduce themselves. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm BJ, one half of the Chopped It Up With Q podcast. And uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Even though it sounds like you're about to lecture, uh, I, I, I can feel the energy. I know you're about to really go on a rant about white people. So I'm here for it. I am not going to do What? No. Me never. You not rant? Okay, anyone who has listened to Chopping It Up With Q, please uh, go back and really come back and, and just, you guys will see the lies and fallacies that, that have just been spread on this podcast. All right. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so maybe I have a soapbox that I pull out occasionally and I may stand on it and scream very loudly, but I'm short and it's what short people do. We, we project because we have to make ourselves known. <laughs> okay, so that, if that if that's the reason you're going with that's that's fine. I, I won't. I won't throw stones at the glass house. I'll just leave that alone. Um, <laughs> but so let, let's let's jump into it. So Sam Whiteout, uh, Alpha Psi Kappa. I, I I don't care about paternities, but nonetheless, uh, I think we all know who he is. But he had an article that was published, and a, a big part of this article was wokeness, and uh, and he also talked about you know being a white creative in the black space. I'm not going to recap the whole thing because Shanice kind of just did a good job at it. And I know you read it. What were your initial thoughts coming out of reading this article? Uh, see, here's the thing. I, I don't, it's, how can I say this and not make it sound really awful? I think it's just typical white people shit. Like if that makes sense, like it just, there's this whole sect of white people that exist in black spaces and, and we consider them to be white allies, but then they all do the same kinds of things, right? Like you want to be an ally, but then you're taking up spaces that could go to black people in black spaces and they do the bare minimum and black people eat it all up. And it's just like, I, it's the same thing to me. Like, it's just like, it's a, it's like a, a weird version of like woke groundhogs day. Like it's very strange. <laughs> well i mean okay so like before it, it's a it's a lot of layers to this so first like his his comments on woke being commercialized and these companies using it for profit rather than to actually be activists um and he mentioned pepsi uh another one is nike but i honestly do think nike is, is and they've throughout their history they've supported a lot of causes so nike isn't an offender to me but i kind of understood that point what did you think about it do you do you Taking away as of right now, when we'll, we'll discuss it, the white and the black space, but the message in the article, do you do you disagree with that at all? Or do you do you see where he was going going with it? I feel like he made some valid points because I think Pepsi is definitely one of when we talk in terms of, of people commercializing movements. And um, I guess like this idea of wokeness, Pepsi definitely is kind of high on the list of offenders. Um, I guess if we look back most recently, um, their misstep with Kendall Jenner and the whole protest rally, hand the riot gear cops a Pepsi and it's going to make racism end and no one's going to die today. Um, so obviously they face a lot of backlash from that commercial like in particular. And that's what I can think of most recently. But they kind of have this thing about... Pepsi being the culture of cool or having their pulse on what is the cool thing. And so for me, in a lot of ways to them, that means finding ways to commodify blackness. True, true. And, then, and 
so the, absolutely there is. And I said, I think on last week's show, maybe it was the week before I have this saying that I truly believe. And I think that if, if black people were as welcomed as it was to take parts of our culture, racism would go away overnight. Like, I think that like if white people were as in love with black culture and our dances and our music and everything as they were with the actual people who created them, this world would be a much better place. And that that's the that's the issue. And that's the line where where I start pointing out look, it's, it's shit that's just not matching up here with with. Not with Sean White out specifically, but just in general, and that's where my a lot of my problems lie. Yeah, and I think that that's a valid point. Uh, what did oh my gosh, Paul Mooney? What did he say? Everybody wants to be a nigger, but nobody wants to be a nigger. True. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think it's that same idea, right? If they were willing to embrace black people the way they embrace black culture, that would probably get rid of racism. You're right overnight. Like that probably instantly ended all. We'd all be loving everybody. It wouldn't have to worry about anything. We'd probably fix a lot of shit that way. But I feel like what happens is we don't hold white people accountable for this idea of culture vulturism. I guess if you want to put it that way. Um, to some extent, I see it now where we try to hold them accountable, but then I don't think any they face any real consequences for it. And you see this whole idea, especially with music. I think that's the easiest example to use where you see these white musicians venture into black spaces or what you would consider predominantly black musical spaces, um, you know, make hits or work with different producers. And then when they get tired of it, they can cast it off like it was a Halloween mask and go back to being white. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I had a, a experimental phase and and now I'm back to my roots. And then they go back to being like white people, you know, making country music. So like I said, I like Miley, the Miley Cyruses of the world. Um, and I think that it's interesting that they are able to move in and out of these spaces with really no repercussions. And until that part changes, it's really going to be hard to be like, hey, you can't commodify the parts of our culture that you want and not fully embrace black people. Okay, and and I completely understand, uh, agree with with what you just said. But let, let's try to link it back to the to the the Sam, Sean Sam Whiteout situation specifically. I don't know why I just forgot his damn name that quick. Um, Sam. Uh, but so I personally, I and this is the thing: his article, his comments. I don't. I think he he with him saying that and speaking on how he has to you know respect the culture. I don't have any issue like me personally with his comments on wokeness, because I think woke wokeness hasn't been woke since about six months after the, the, the phrase was coined. And I think that not only white people, I think black people, too, have bastardized this whole institution and thought of being woke in the movement of being woke by using it for like, I mean, look, at, look at the whole thing we had about how the woke people completely killed Lion King about trying to make it about colorism while we and and I agree with you that white people try to jump on black movements and, and companies and everything. I agree with that. But where is the accountability for our own people bastardizing our own movements? Because I feel like we pull, and again, I'm using the general we, not all of us and not all white people, but I feel like we take the rug under our own movements as well. Once certain people get a hold of it and it becomes a social media craze and we forget about what the purpose of it originally was. And to your point, I feel like that also sets the stage for us to allow people into said spaces and movements that don't necessarily have to be there or should be there, i.e. the same whiteouts of the world. So, I mean, I, I think that it's, it goes hand in hand, right? Like if, we're commercial if, if our own people are bastardizing the movement and watering it down for some type of other consumption and it's lost its weight and what it actually stands for, then it stands to 
reason that the people allowed to participate and be leaders in the movement are not necessarily going to have the movement's best interests at heart. Which not to say that this Sam guy does or does not, because from what I can tell of him, it seems like maybe he does to some extent. But I think with anything, as far as white allyship is concerned, I mean, it's, it's a, with anybody, it's a learning and it's a growing process, right? We don't ever stop learning. If you, if you do, you're dead. So I don't, I think that there's definitely probably some things for him to learn. And I think this is just kind of a learning experience for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and for his credit, as much as like we're talking about, it, it does, at least in his public comments, because you can, you never really know what, what people are really doing behind the scenes. It seems like he's taking this as a learning moment, even said, you know, while his, his purpose doesn't take away from the effect that the article had. And that's a, that's a very mature statement because I know a lot of people who would have did that offended people and just been like, Hey, it is what it is. That wasn't my intent. Get over it. I may have been one of those people. I may say something and not really care about the reaction from it. So, you know, to his credit, at least he's, he's doing that as well, but it does have to be a learning moment. And I feel like rather than all of us attack him, like let's, let's teach, let's educate. And Hopefully he has someone close to him that's really rather than just coming down his throat, trying to educate him on why it caused such an outroar. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's also a lot of the issue when it comes to people and their offense when it comes to, I guess, race and, and, and class and other things, We especially on social media. People are so quick to attack instead of finding ways to constructively critique what's going on. So like I said, I think it is very mature of him. And I appreciate the fact that he was able to, one, be accountable for his actions and put them in context and say, you know, hey, I was wrong here. I messed up, uh, you know, but it doesn't take away from what my goal here is. It's not taking away from my ability to do good in these spaces. You know, I I misstepped and it's like, it's going to happen, but he's willing to try. And I think that's going to have to be part of the process, right? We're always saying, you know, it's not woke white people that we're worried about. You need to be trying to educate other white people. Well, how does that start? If we tell if we tell them all, you know, what go Google, we're not going to help you. If you mess up, that's the end of it for you. No more. Don't talk to us anymore. Was well, it Uchi Wally or is it one mic? You either want them to learn and be better or you want them to Google and hope for the best. <laughs> True. Which is True. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and, and and I mean that that goes back to like a lot of the I mean, you you said it like there's a lot of finger pointing, but no one wants to actually be the cause of growth. Well, let me not say no one a lot, a lot, especially when you when you're looking at just so, social media responses. It's like everybody wants to critique. Everybody wants to call something out. But who's going to be the person that's going to say, all right, well, this is where the growing moment is for everyone involved. And, you know, it, it cooler heads prevail. But that's why I like when people like us and and other podcasters and other creatives use their platform to actually have these open discussions and you know that that that's what that's what's going to try to start making things different that's the hope and i mean and like i said i don't think that what he did was so horrible that it's just you know it can't be it's not redeemable in anyone's eyes i think that maybe some people's purpose was just to say you know you're these are you're writing in a black space about wokeness and that's a writing job that could have went to someone who is black or someone who is maybe closer or more embedded in our culture that could speak to a very unique position in our culture or someone who's immersed in it, who's lived in it. So, I mean, I, I get where the critique was coming from, but by the same token, what kind of allyship are we expecting from people? Are we wanting the type of allyship where you are a positive voice for black people, but then you defer to black people in black spaces? 
because I think that's really what the argument was here, right? I think it was just they just didn't want him to center himself in this idea of wokeness. True. No, and and, and I agree. And I agree with that. I think. And then we man, this this discussion can really turn into like a full fledged episode is because it's like what at what point do we need to stop feeling like like we need white allies? Like, don't get me wrong. It's great to have them, especially on on certain issues. But I think that there's a, a need to where some people feel like we need them. So we just invite anyone into the culture. And it's like, let, let, let's say we, it's fine wanting white allies. It's fine saying that they can help us whatever but let's let's make sure that they're educated let's make sure that they have the right intentions because i think a lot of times but by needing needing white allies or a white person to support black movements we we search for someone maybe the biggest name maybe the person with the most followers maybe the person who can get the most attention and we we attach ourselves to that rather than allowing it to be someone who generally genuinely has a care about the movement itself yeah, I mean, I think that that's the most reasonable. And I think a lot of it, too, is in this idea of, like, I guess you say, the cookout, quote unquote, cookout, like uh-huh. you're saying, that they'll invite anyone. Yeah. And so it's always this this weird thing where it's like a white person does one nice thing or does like the bare minimum, you know, hey, you know, black people matter just as much as everyone else. And it's like, oh, please get them a plate. Let them sit at the head of the table. And it's like, that's the bare minimum. Like they haven't said anything that most people should be on board with. Like they're not doing anything particularly special. And we're just allowing all these people to now become gatekeepers of of a culture that's not theirs. And I think that's the really infuriating part because the other part of it is these people are white. Like, okay, that's the part that is mind blowing to me. These are white people. Like, why do they have to come into the cookout? Like they could just be white and go talk to other white people about helping black people like they don't have to come embed themselves in the culture to be helpful to us well, like is that's that, is, part that's very is, confusing but is, is that is that necessarily bad if they want to fully embed and by embed and this you may mean it differently but when i hear embed i don't necessarily feel like that's a bad thing like if they truly want to engulf themselves to learn and rather than assimilate or imitate if they really want to learn about black culture and you don't have to imitate what we do you don't have to imitate the way we dress to really get into the culture to try to understand it i think that that's a, it's a it's a distinction a lot of people look at oh well he dresses and talks like us and like likes rap music he definitely has to be someone who supports black culture and that's not always always the same thing but what so what is there a problem if someone really wants to, for the correct reasons, embed and engulf themselves in black culture? Well, thank you for correcting me because I don't think I used the right word there. <laughs> <laughs> so embed in in this sense in the word, I don't think that that's a bad thing. If someone truly is is trying to learn about the culture and have a deeper understanding of it uh, for the right reasons, I don't think that there's any problem with that. But like we were talking about, just like he was the Sam Whiteout guy was writing about the commodification of black culture. I think that's what happens. White allies can learn about black culture and embed themselves in it for learning purposes. But this idea of imitation or putting on a a, a costume or character of blackness is not helpful to any, like it, it doesn't help in any way. Like there's a one thing in being yourself as a white person and that's how you are and you are embedding yourself in the culture to learn. It's a completely different thing to decide I'm going to change from being the white person that I was six months ago and now I'm going to go over here and I'm going to talk how, you know, imitate whatever I think blackness is and then regurgitate that, regurgitate that character to a white audience. That doesn't help any of us. 
That's 100% fact. That hurts more than it helps all the time. Yeah. And I think that's that's the concerning part, because in a lot of cases, that is what happens. And so like people like that's like I said, they're white people like you you being a white ally. The key word in that is white. Like we could all be allies to each other. You're the ones in position of power here. So the white part is 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 critical to this working. So we don't need you to cast off your whiteness to try to pretend to be a black person to help us. That That's hurtful. That's not helping anybody. It's, it's disingenuous and it's insulting. Ma'am, we're, we're just, this is what we're going to do. Um, Really because I, I, I know you listen, so I know you probably know. Next week is actually our white privilege discussing episode. And listeners of The Awakening, so you guys are listening live. I need you on that panel now. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. So we're we're gonna put a pin in this discussion because I love the passion and where we're going with this is a lot of what we're gonna actually cover um next week. So I really, really would like your thoughts on that. Um, that there. So that's an official invitation. So I'm glad you accepted. It, you, I, I was you were gonna be there anyway. If I had to hack your phone and and just make Skype pop up on it, it would have happened. Isn't that I'm I'm gonna report you to my uh FBI agent. That sounds I'm not like my, my dad works for the NSA, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> okay, well, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So as you guys can tell, that was that was a great discussion. Let me know what you guys think about the Sam Whiteout situation. Were you offended? Were you not? Do you understand where he was coming from? You guys already know where you can find me. Um send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the awaken soul pod at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave a voicemail, 614-547-2039. I finally got that memorized, so shouts out to me for that one. But VJ, this Woo! is now your time, man. Tell the uh the listeners where they can find you. Uh well, yeah, thank you for having me again. Uh this is VJ, one half of the Chopping It Up with Q podcast. Um, you can find me on the Twitters at VJ underscore Burton. It is the same on IG. Uh, the show's Twitter is at chopping it up underscore pod. Yes. <laughs> it took me a minute. I had to remember. <laughs> that is it. Um, I don't tweet from there as much, but you can also catch Q there as well. Um, on Snapchat, it's meek B. Don't Snapchat me anything ridiculous, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I take yeah. that people, li- listeners, the DMs are open. So there you go. But, but continue, Vija. They are not. Um, please stay out of my DMs. Thank you. God bless. Um, as I tweeted out earlier in the week, for anybody that needs to hear it, I am not your girlfriend. I'm not going to buy your Christmas present. You can't come hang out with me and my family. So don't do that, please. Um, the end. So DMs are not open. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> you worry about your DMs and what they're over there doing. Hashtag Haze Hive. You do that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the show, we're uh, anywhere that you can find podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, Spreaker. So yeah, please check us out. We'd appreciate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, there you guys go. Definitely go go check them out. Um, like, And as you guys can see, she lied at the beginning of this podcast. She doesn't get on her soapbox whatever um <laughs> go and check her out <laughs> i want to thank you for joining me and i'm going to go ahead and pre-thank you for being for joining the white privilege episode thank you so much oh thanks for having me tell the people peace peace what's up everybody this is dan aka dan on drugs and i am afro becky aka afro becky and we are the black law and legalize podcast, podcast. a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week we have conversations with our co-host Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal 
and our lovely, esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is another segment of the Petty News Report. I am Scoop Grady. Thank you for listening. First of all, this is Scoop Grady's 15th episode with Awakened Soul. I want to thank Awakened Soul for putting up with my BS. Thank you to the fans for definitely enjoying my Petty News Report. And I'm going to continue to give you everything that you want and more. Now that we got all that sentimental crap out the way, let's get right into the show. NFL All-Pro running back Kareem Hunt has been released by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if you don't know anything about this, Kareem Hunt got into an argument with a 19-year-old female in the hallway of a hotel, and it just got a little out of hand. Kareem Hunt pushed the woman in her face and kicked the girl on the floor also. <sighs> I don't even know what to begin with this. Like, Kareem, dude, like, you're an NFL player. What you doing? I, I, the girl had to call him the N-word or she had to give him AIDS for him to respond like that. Like, something really, really must have happened. If that had been me and I got to it with a female, I would have had my homeboys escort this lady out the room. You wouldn't even see me come out the room. That's why you hire security. That's why you hire family. Hey, man, 10 stacks. Get this girl out of my dang on room. You know what I'm saying? That's how you handle that. So they ain't got no proof of you on camera. They can't say it was you. Nobody knows. That's how you do that. Kareem Hunt, I, you, hopefully they give you another chance because I'm telling you right now, your season in 2018 is completely over because of this nonsense. On top of that, he lied to the Kansas City organization and told them that nothing happened. It wasn't as big as everybody made it. But when they got a hold of the film and saw what happened, they released him hours after the, the video was posted. Kareem Hunt, I know you will have a chance later down the road, but you might be out of a job in the NFL for about three years. They're not going to give you a chance just like that, bro. They're going to make an example. You better ask Ray Rice what happened. Next, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. One of the fights we've been waiting for for a long, long time, and it comes down to a draw. Now, I'm not understanding boxing no more, because I thought if you knock somebody down twice, you should win. That's what I thought. Wilder knocked Fury on his behind twice. And not to mention, the ref was counting very slow, so Fury had 15 seconds to get up, and he did. He rose up like the Undertaker. But you knock somebody on their behind twice, and they still call it a draw. Now, don't get me wrong. Tyson Fury outboxed Wilder. I will give you that. But if I put you on your ass twice, you can't say that we're even. I, we're, we're nowhere even. I don't... I, Boxing and every sport that we watch these days, it's all about the dirty dollar. That's what it's becoming. It's all about money. Fury is the contender. Wilder is the champion. You should have gave the champion the victory. Wilder should have won. Breaking news, everybody. The first Avengers 4 trailer will, re will reportedly be released this Wednesday. Now, I'm not going to lie. If this movie is better than Infinity War, this movie may be the best movie of 2019. 
I just want to know is the Incredible Hulk gonna fight this time but yes Avengers 4 trailer is dropping Wednesday so make sure y'all look out for that and I'm gonna leave you all with the petty question of the week salute to everybody that commented on Twitter for last week's question last week's question was what is the hardest lesson you ever had to learn in life and I'm gonna answer this one my hardest lesson I ever had to learn in life was you have to fail you can't win in everything because if you win how you gonna know how to improve how you gonna know how to be better sometimes you gotta go through life failing you gotta lose at times just so you can work harder grind back up to the top and be on top once again it comes with the territory especially in, the, in this world we live in you're gonna take a lot of ills the government showed that we're gonna take a lot of ills but besides that question of the week what are three things we can expect from you in 2019 I want to hear goals now. What are three things in 2019 that we can expect from the beautiful people in this world that follows Awakened Soul? And that is all I have for you guys. Thank you for listening. Continue to follow Awakened Soul and continue to follow Scoop Grady on Twitter also. Be cool and don't hate. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as the Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you, you ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I told you guys I had some special plan for you this episode, and I have someone in the building who, after you listen to this interview, after you listen to this conversation, if you don't feel a little bit more, just y- your day eased up a little bit, the- that weight off your shoulders should be a little bit lighter. Um, I- I- I'm going to introduce him, but I'm sure he's going to introduce or bring himself in how he usually does, and you guys are going to feel the energy right away. We got Mr. Matty Pace from the Matty Mo Show in the building. What's going on? <laughs> what is good, my man? Thank you so much for having me on the podcast tonight. Uh, it's it's a, it's an honor. I can't wait to get into it with you. This is going to be dope. <laughs> so for any of my listeners who don't happen to listen to your show or know, man, tell them a little bit about the Matty Mo Show and uh, how'd you get started? All right. Well, first off, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to all the people out there, especially in Ohio. You know what I'm saying? I got mad love for everybody out here. But uh, man, the Matty Mo Show started, it didn't even start off as the Matty Mo Show. You know what I'm saying? It started off, the first two episodes was the Matty Motivation Experience. And then I was like, man, I got to get off that. That ain't who I am. And then uh, I developed the Matty Mo Show, the host, the most mojo. And we've been rocking with it ever since, you know? That's what's up. How did you, um, because like you drop an episode every day. First of daily. all, how how did you come up and decide that you wanted to do daily? And I must commend you because to keep to keep up with the content every single day, I already know how much, how hard that is. Hell, coming up with a weekly show <laughs> and especially with life getting in the way, like it, I mean, you're on like what over 300 episodes, right? Yeah, man. I just recorded episode 319 tonight. 
Man. Episode 319. So thank you very much. You know, it's just, it's been a crazy ride. But I'll tell you what, I decided to do daily because I just, you know, I just, I got a lot to say. You know what I'm saying? No matter what it is, no matter what topic, I just love to give people substance. And I know that we live in such a generation where, you know, people's attention spans are short. You know, they go in a mile a minute, they're clicking on one thing, two seconds later, another thing. So I figure if I could make a commitment, dedicate myself and, uh, you know, my talents to just get points across and make some laughs along the way, be a little motivational, I just do it every day. And hopefully, you know, impact and spark some people and make their days a little bit easier. Give them something to look forward to if they're going through something. So before before like starting the Manny Mo Show, have you ever done like any motivational speaking or anything? Or is that that ju- that's just you? You just you just like uplifting people. <laughs> yeah, the motiva- the motivation. Actually, I've been doing for a lot longer than podcasting because podcast legit. I've only been doing the past 319 days. Uh, motivation I've been doing since probably 2011. And I've done a couple public speaking, motivational speaking events and, uh, at benefits. And uh, that's been a, a crazy ride in, in itself. I do daily motivation as well on that. Uh, every day it's a new status or a video or something. And that's on Facebook, uh, Maddie's Motivation, as well as on YouTube. I got a few videos up there and a lot more to come. Hey, yeah. yeah. And the fact that you're able to do it across multiple flat platforms, again, I got I to gotta take my hat off to you, man, because that's... Thank you. I know how much hard work goes into that, man. And yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I got to ask you this. So 319 days. So mm. have you gotten sick at all over those 319 days? <laughs> or do you just power through it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, I have actually. At the, and at the worst times, uh, was the very beginning. Cause I mean, geez, when I started in January, uh, you know, it was the heart of the flu, man. This, I don't know, this past year, I know how it was out in Ohio, dog, the flu was bad up here. You know what I'm saying? New England, man, it was crazy. And I ended up catching the flu real bad, took me out of work for like four or five days. And even in those days that I was off, um, I just, I just grinded through it. I pushed through it. And I don't think if you go back and listen to it, you could tell my voice was a little, a little off because I was sick, but the energy and intensity and uh, the content was still what it is today. You know, I just, I pushed through it. I powered through it and I made a commitment. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't trying to get called out on nothing. You know what I'm <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Do you feel like, so, yeah. um, do you feel like this is your calling? Definitely. One. I, I think it's a, I don't think it's the main calling, but I think it's a definite intro to what the true calling is, because I believe, you know, no matter what journey you're on, nothing ever ends up the way it started. You know what I mean? You always end up going down different paths and different roads. You get faced with different struggles. But this right here, I can honestly say, is one of the things that has spoken to me the most um, in my life besides the motivation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's straight passion, man, which is, which enables me to do it every single day. Like I do, I don't look at it like a job, like, Oh, I got to create a podcast tonight. This sucks. You know, I don't look at it like that. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get it tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because especially when people look forward to listening to you. So it's definitely just been a passion. Yeah. The passion in the passion with podcasting is like, I feel like people, you can fake your way through it or you can just do it because, uh, it's fun or whatever, but you, 
eventually at some point you get to a crossroads where you have to be passionate about it um, to be able to just continue delivering it, delivering it at a high quality. And I think I said on a few episodes ago, I won't I won't say that podcasting is my calling, but I feel like it's the vehicle I'm using to get across or to deliver my 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 uh, calling. And that's to help, you know, educate people and, um, you know, talk about deeper things and help everybody work through stuff like um, the most recent episode, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. The fact that I shared my depression story on that episode mm-hmm. is for me a year ago, someone would have said to me, Oh, you're going to open up that much on a podcast. It, it would have never happened. And so I tried to, through me growing through me, showing my growth through podcasts and showing me breaking down my walls is I hope that it helps other people do that too and see that it's okay. A hundred percent. And and the, I think the best thing about it and you, you sharing that struggle um, in particular with the audience that you have, man, with the following that you get, which is a, a good one, a really good one. I mean, you're making waves out here and I love it. Um, but it just goes to show people that it's not even it's not even more or less that you doing shows. You know what I'm saying? It's more like you using podcast as a diary and you just open the book. So people going through the same thing or, or something like it can relate, which is huge because connecting with people in today's day and age only happens through Wi-Fi. So if you can do it through, you know, power of speech, power of spoken word and thought like you do, man, everyone's going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm 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 glad people get stuff out of it, and it's something when you get those like emails or those messages or like tweets or whatever that that people say, you know what, you know, listen to your show, it made me realize this, or it made me think about this, or it made me reach out to such and such who I've had who I haven't talked to in a while. Mm-hmm. That, that's that right there. I don't care if I get a get a five star review, a four star review. That message right there that 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 gets me through this. That's what makes me realize I'm on the right path to stuff. And I know uh, you probably have had the same thing. Do you have like any stories that someone has has reached out to you and let you know how your podcast has touched them? Yeah. I mean, it's just so crazy. Like people I wouldn't even, people I wouldn't expect uh, or people I haven't heard from in years, things like that. People that I haven't even seen share or like anything, you know what I'm saying? Or subscribe to the site or anything like that have reached out and given me a message and let me know that, some of the content, like what I'm doing, man, they just keep telling me push it and push, just keep going. It, it's amazing and all this stuff. And it's just, it makes me feel so good about what I'm doing. And if I weren't getting these messages, because I get them through the motivation side as well, especially it's crazy when, you know, someone hits you up and you didn't even know, looked at your motivation or anything like that and told you that they were going to kill themselves and something that you posted that I posted on the motivation site saved their life. Like that right there just speaks volumes and even more goes to show that even if I wasn't getting these messages, which I'm very grateful for, the thing that keeps me going through these forms of uh, social media and uh, delivering content is I always instill the thought in my mind that a lot of times you're not going to know the extent of your impact and how far your words and thoughts really reach but if they're pure and they're true to you, then they're going to go crazy. There's going to be no boundaries. So it's always good to keep in my mindset anyways, on top of getting those messages to just do things for the right reason. And you never know, your words could be words that spark a change in someone or even save their life. That's that. that it doesn't get any deeper than that. that period point for real. It just doesn't get any <laughs> deeper than that. Um, let, let's, let's talk about the flip side of it, though. 
What's been what what has been the biggest hurdle or the most difficult thing, whether it be content, whether it be, um, you know, the lack of support. Sometimes we get as podcasters from like people in our circle. What's been the hardest thing for you? You just named it right there, man. The lack of support. Like, it's just so crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like the people closest to you. I mean, a lot of them say they support you. A lot of them, you know, claim it and this and that. But they all have excuses. Like, you know, I don't mind. If someone doesn't listen to my show, I'm not butthurt about it. You know what I'm saying? That's you. I understand not everyone's going to want to listen. 319 episodes are going to be like, I don't know where to start. But the thing is, I get grief from certain people, especially people close to me um, who be talking about, you know, oh, you always on social media and this and that. You're addicted. And I'm like, Man, if you paying attention to me like that, then you can clearly see that I'm promoting a dream and a passion and trying to reach out to other people and try to better their lives. Well, you're just sharing the same meme that I've seen a hundred times over or sharing a viral video from Joe Rogan who doesn't need any more traction than he's already got. So it's so it's so tough at times to keep your head up through those scenarios because no one wants to be a part of the process. Only very few people do, but everyone wants to become a part of the success when you make it to the main light. And my thing is, if that happens, when it happens, those people that are going to be coming to me that are my best friends and things like that, sorry, buddy, you ain't got a seat at the table with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's sad, but yeah, sometimes you do have to just leave some people. Um, my 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 biggest thing personally is that I think people think the only way you can support a podcast is by listening. And my thing sometimes is, look, you know, podcasts aren't for everyone. My especially my topics is not going to be for everyone. Facts. But, hey, just click share, like retweet share. it. Just just share it. Like I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna take care of the difficult part. I'm gonna write the post. I'm gonna I'm gonna post the clip. I'm gonna do all that. All you have to do is click the share button. That's all That's you got to do for me. Because while it may not be for That's you, it. there's somebody who follows you or somebody who's your friend on Facebook that really could get something out of it. Just just share it. Facts. 100%. I don't know why people have such a difficult time just supporting, I, I hate to use the term local, but supporting local talent or supporting someone that they actually know that is trying to make something happen, that's trying to live a dream and pursue a passion. I never will understand why most people won't support you until you get put on. But that makes the process even sweeter and the story even better. Yeah, and it, that that's the, the sweet spot when I feel like, okay, if you don't support, you don't listen, you don't repost, whatever. At that point, my job now is to is to make you feel like you're missing out. Like, Because at some point, it's going to be to the point where you see me having all these conversations. You may just see somebody else reposted that you followed that you didn't even know listen to my podcast and now what? Mm-hmm. Now you're sitting there like okay maybe i should have been listening to this so that, <laughs> you know i mean hey it'll all come back around 100 that that's the craziest thing man you know i think it goes to show that that's probably how it is for majority of, of uh podcasters and people out here trying to do what we do yeah yeah it, it definitely is probably the biggest hurdle man and you know i mean just just support and i know and i can admit to I haven't always been the biggest person um, who always went right into thinking about like supporting stuff like this until I got into being a creative. But now, Mm -hmm. like now I like if you got a mixtape on SoundCloud and I know you and you and it comes across my attention, I'm going to mention it on on a platform I have just because, hey, it may not be for me. I may not listen to your country music 
SoundCloud page. But guess what? I'm probably I'm pretty sure at least five of my listeners may check it out. So I'm gonna I'm I got you. I'm gonna shout you out. Hundred percent. You know the that feeling that you get when someone shares your content, man. I want someone to feel that same feeling that I get when someone shares my content. So it really is just like, you know, just be selfless and and it'll happen. It feels good to be selfless. It costs nothing to do the to, to do something like that, and it changes everything. Yeah, it does. It it, it goes a long way. Um, you mentioned something that I that I I want to talk about now mm-hmm. is content. Um, because a what you do in a daily show. I mean, me already doing weekly like content. Some people have a hard time with it. I can honestly say I've never struggled to come up with content for my show because I feel like life is content. But mm-hmm. that's me weekly, so I have I can I can gather up stuff over the course of the week is it difficult to come up with, with daily content or because of like the way you do your show and it, and it, you being such a positive person and so full of energy, does it come easy to you? You know, I, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant by any means by saying this, but um, it is easy. It's, it, it's easy for me. You know, not everyone is the same. Everyone has their different, you know, strong points, weak points, things like that. But so far, 319 episodes, uh, I can honestly say it's it's been pretty easy to come up with content because it's just like anything else. Everything great happens at the beginning and it's it's easy to get, you know, to get started, but it's it's tough to continue to carry on. So I might be singing a different tune 300 episodes from now. But as for right now, uh, it's been pretty easy and it's been a lot of fun because everything in life that I go through that I've gone through. Uh, the people that I surround myself with or just hear stories and, and things like that. It's like there's endless content for me. You know what I'm saying? I can turn anything into something. And that's something that I'm blessed to be able to do and have the opportunity to to do every day. So it's been good. It's been pretty easy so far, but we'll see. You know what I'm saying? We keep a level head out here because you never know. Things could change at any given point in time. So I'm just blessed to still have the opportunity to do this. Oh yeah, I, yeah. It, it to have the platform and to be able to keep it up and to do it at a high level is a blessing within itself. I think in 2018, I've seen like no less than like eight podcasts come and go of people that I've I know people that I've interacted with that I've I've listened to the show, I've shared the show, I've given mm-hmm. feedback, and all of a sudden they're just gone. So to gone. be able to stick away, stick stick around for a year or more in podcasting is like. It really is big, and, and unless you're in this business, I don't think a lot of people realize just how many podcasts come and go so quickly. <laughs> Facts. And you know what's even crazier? I, tell me if you feel the same way, but it, it's how hard you work. Like if you – I'm sure there's a lot of companies out there right now that want to sponsor the show, whether it's my show, whether it's your show, whether it's the uh, Socially Unacceptable podcast show, whether – whoever it is out there, I'm sure there are mad people looking at us saying – I want to sponsor that, but I want to see if it's just a flame. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to see if it's just a spark or if it's going to turn into a fire. And I think that mentality push will push us or push any podcaster to continue to kind of outwork. I don't want to say the competition, but just focus more on their craft, focus more on getting better, focus more on expansion and, and producing content and just opening up new doors for themselves. Yeah. And I, and I, I, the thing with it's so many different avenues for creative people now, whether it's podcasts, whether it's YouTube, whether it's blogging, whether it's vlogging, like it, it's literally if you have something to say and you have a passion, there's you can do anything with it. Anything. It's limitless, limitless possibilities out there. 
if you're willing to put in a little bit of work. The work is the part that people I, I, that a lot of a lot of creatives don't realize the work that it takes. I, I, I'll admit it. Let me let me be transparent again. When I got into doing the Awakening, so while I was very passionate, I knew I wanted to do it at a high level. I wasn't even I didn't even know the work that was going to go into it. Now, it's a it's a work of passion. I all those long nights of editing, all those long nights of, of you know, <laughs> you know, trying to take out some background noise because my kids decided to have a fight in the background. Like, it's all worth it <laughs> for me. Um, so I, I love every bit of it, every single bit of it. Definitely. And that's how you know that, yeah, you know, it's for you because you can put up with all that stuff and you ain't going to fall victim to it and just be like, ah, forget about it. You know what I'm saying? And just throw it away. So shout out to you. And another thing, shout out to your fam, man. You got a beautiful family. I love seeing your posts on on the Twitter, killing it out here. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, man. I I, I I really do appreciate that, man. That, that's hundred percent. That's my uh that's my my biggest uh joy there is my family. I'm I love my family. I'm a I'm a guy who really everything like just being at at the, at the house with everyone, all of us sitting in here just sometimes them just running around and it may seem like madness to other people, but like I, I enjoy seeing my kids interact with each other. Like that, that's my greatest joy is just to see them, whether my son's bothering my daughters or whatever else I enjoy <laughs> just watching them interact. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's crazy. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the little things in life that, you know, a lot of people take for granted, but I just, I had to recognize you on that. Cause I know, you know, you know, you got the fan, but I just needed to let you know, man, cause it's beautiful. I love watching it on, on uh, Twitter. I think it's hilarious, especially some of the videos you post, man. They're funny. Oh, I, I appreciate that, man. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's sad, but it's definitely funny. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Oh man. So, um, we talked about content. So the, one thing as as a person who's a creative and trying to get your product out there um even even with you like having the motivation and stuff i'm sure you see and i i try not to talk about social media a lot on my podcast mm-hmm. but just because it's, it like people are just really in general unless you're like involved with other creative people just the regular social media crowd are so, it's so depressing really when you think about and sad with just like how people think and people attack each other and it's like i've seen so many people in conversations or discussions on Twitter, which they're really not that far off, but because they want to attack the other way of thinking that it stops them from having a progressive conversation. Just like, look, look at the way that this platform could be used. And we're sitting there as a people using it to bicker back and forth. It's terrible, man. I don't don't understand it. You know, people, I think it's because people so badly want the attention and they just, they so badly want to be heard because they're not getting heard in their real life, you know what I'm saying? So they get behind a keyboard of whether it's the laptop, whether it's the cell phone, and their first instinct is to talk when really, you know, the smartest person in the room, you know, listens first and talks second. And I think people are just so unhappy most of the time that are coming out doing all this, saying all this crazy stuff, this this disgusting stuff to people they don't even know because they're so unhappy with their life. Whew that that's a word brother like that's a mic drop moment right there (laughs) (laughs) that's just real thought real talk you know what i'm saying that's how that's how we do it over here yeah and i I think that what a lot of people need to realize too is that there's a difference between agreeing and understanding i can understand your point doesn't mean i have to agree with it but we can reach a point to where we understand each other and walk away hopefully both realizing or at least learning how the other side thinks. Like I said, you don't have to agree with that. I think 
so many are trying to argue to get to force somebody to agree with their way of thinking. It's like, hey, it's not that you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. But we can talk it out. And then and then it comes down to the point where, like, then at this point, people, if they they know that they are wrong, you know what I'm saying? Because when you're right, you're right. And when you're wrong, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? But I think when people start, you know, feeling like they're wrong or getting attacked, which a lot of people get defensive when people are just trying to have a, a conversation and communicate, understanding, like you said, I think then they start fighting facts with feelings. And that's always going to be a battle people are going to lose. And it's going to turn understanding into resentment and it's gonna it's just gonna bring bad blood which is crazy but i mean i guess that's just the day and age we live in but at least as long as we make strides to change it you know i'm a firm believer that you know a little bit each day goes a long way yeah yeah, it does man and you know they're they're, while they're i think it's it's allowed the the of course the arguing community is loud but there's a lot of great things to come out of social media for example i mean right now me and you are recording a podcast and we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for the power of social media 100 percent. so shout out to social media for that you know <laughs> and shout out to uh to the homies the under the socially unacceptable podcast as well barry white owl will split putting it down you know what i'm saying go check those dudes out it's just it's crazy out here and and like you said i'm happy that social media can be used for a beautiful thing like creating a uh, a timeless moment like this one absolutely man absolutely um well i have pretty much dominated this this conversation like anything on your mind anything you want to talk about uh with the listeners of the awakened soul man this is this is your time what's going on 100 percent, man yo i got a I got a question i've been seeing on twitter the uh the black twitter movement and i've been seeing a lot of you know follow this and retweet this only if you're black and things like that and i'm just wondering you know because i got love for everybody out here 100 percent. no matter what creed color where you represent I wonder if it would be weird if I were to like it, retweet it, share it, and put my business on there. Would people, do you think, take that the wrong way when it's not trying to be the wrong way? You know, honestly, some would, and I, and not that I agree with some would. Others, they, they would understand what it is and roll with it. But, you, you know, there's always those ones who are literally, they probably only retweeted that tweet so they can wait for someone who's not black to retweet it so then they can go in on it spark an argument i feel you i know it's not i know it's a weird question to ask maybe but i just i was you know i want some clarity on it because i know and i don't i hate i don't like to bring race into things you know what i'm saying i ain't about that especially on my podcast man i never do an episode about it but i figure well i have the opportunity to ask i might as well do it you know what's funny too and this is just me being completely and utterly transparent um again with me me being my, my dad's white so I I I I really race is neither here nor there to me. I, I look, try saying. to look at the at the character of a person rather than the race because there are shitty people of every race. So every um, race. <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny because stuff like that happens, and literally only black people, well, not only minority races, could tweet something like that because if white people tweeted, "Hey, this is all the white people retweet this." Do you know how many people on social media would go batshit crazy oh over something God. like that? white twitter movement that shit would get crazy oh man the 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 tweets and the podcast that will pop up from something that says the white twitter movement man it, the, it, it, 
Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know. That's crazy to just think about. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even want to see a social experiment on that because that shit would just get out of hand. Oh yeah. It'll be on the it'd be on the shade room within an hour of it being of being posted. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, on the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne be talking some crazy shit about us. You know? <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, Did you did you did you see what the white supremacists did on Twitter today? They had a white right. Twitter movement. I'm like, why? So, like, what do you mean? Like, I got a Spanish <laughs> girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what you talking about? People are crazy out here nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people are wild, oh, man. People look, yeah, that that. But nobody wants to face their own um, biases and conflictions with stuff like that because they'll like thousands of people were, were retweeting and posting in that Black Twitter movement. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, those. Most of those same people, if there was a white Twitter movement, would be all in their goddamn feelings, and I'd just be shaking my head. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. But that leads me to my next question for you, because I'm turning the tables. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. I'm out here getting questions. I got a question for you, all right? What is the main thing that pushes you and drives you not just to do what you do, but on your worst days? Like, on days that you're feeling down and out, on times that you feel like screw this you know, i, I want to do this today like what pushes you through those moments to create something great Ooh, i would say that it's because i don't do it for me i don't i don't i don't Ooh. do this i don't do podcasts like i nothing in what i do in podcasting has been for me i said I, some people say that when you get into podcasting you get into being a media personality and all this i say when i got into podcasting i got into being an educator and so i try to keep that that focus is that because of what I want to do and what this platform is built for is to help feed people's minds and to help educate them. And because I'm not doing it for me, I'm literally doing it for whatever person hears this and gets something out of it. That's what motivates me on my worst day because it's not it's not about me. Ooh, man, I'm glad I asked you that question. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was That's a, a good, good one. one. I, like, I think that, I like that may that. be that may be the single best question I've ever been asked on the podcast. So that you, that's a good one. You. Heard it here first, people listening to the Awakened Soul podcast. Daddy just asked him the best question he ever been asked. If you wonder who daddy is, that's me. You know, <laughs> We out here getting it in all day, every day, baby. Absolutely, man. What's next? What's next? Let's see what's next on the bill. What I want to know is how'd you come up with the name, the Awakened Soul podcast? Okay. So, I, and I get into stuff about this all the time. So, Everyone initially thinks it's about being woke, and I keep explaining it has nothing to do with that. So the, the, <laughs> let me break down the name. Awaken. Stay woke. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, um, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, but awaken is because with the content, I want to awaken something in someone, whether that is to think uh, to be self-reflective and think about something you ignored or something you may have not realized about yourself, the world, politics. I, I want to really awaken your mind and then the soul part comes from i believe when you make a connection with someone it's not you're not really just making a connection with the physical person regardless of what however deep the connection is you're you're it's you're connecting with their souls you're connecting spiritually there's something about your aura that it's more than just the physical basically so the awakening is i want i want to wake people up not be woke but i want to make you think differently and then i want to connect with you i want to connect with your soul i want to connect with the with the inner you and that's where the name came from Ooh, there's levels to this you know <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking about right there that is dope i like that a lot i'm happy that you came up with that name and furthermore I already know what that stands for because this speaks for itself in your episodes, you know? I appreciate that, man. 
It's all about education, baby. Education, not devastation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uplifting. Uplifting, man. Let's uplift each other. That's what I'm talking about. Now I got another question for you. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, mm. if I had one superpower, I would one honestly, superpower. I would honestly probably say would say the ability to teleport. Ooh. The ability to teleport because I I grew up overseas in Italy and I want my kids to see the world like I already know just because of they're not going to get to see the world like I did growing up. So if I had the ability to teleport, we'd be every weekend we'd be popping in somewhere. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, it'll be that. So I can so I can go. I love traveling. I love get, getting out of places, um, getting to see new places and new new cultures. So that would be it. That's pretty dope. I like that a lot. You know, yours you'd be surprised be? at how many people be saying they want like the power to be invincible. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm like, why? What's the point of that? <laughs> what would your superpower be? Oof, man, if I could have a superpower, I'd probably have oof. You know what? I ask the questions all the time and I never ever think of an answer for it. So I'm gonna I'm probably just gonna say that I would love to be able to fly. Okay. I think being able to fly would be dope. Or being it, you know, I don't know. Maybe some Doctor Strange type business. I think I'd like to be like Doctor Strange. I think that'd be cool. Doctor Strange is like, yeah, yeah that would be, that would definitely be cool. But it's, Doctor Strange is almost, I'd, I'd really be concerned with what I do with that much power. You know, I would get into it for the right reasons. And I would try <laughs> to do my best to help people. But, you know, every now and again, you, you gotta, you gotta get on the bad, you know, you gotta take someone down who's being bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. probably what I'd be, though. I don't know. I guess whatever superpowers Doctor Strange had, that's probably what I'd be. Okay. That's my that's thing right up. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I got a serious question to ask. What's your favorite football team? Oh, you're going to laugh at me when I say, well, you know, they're not doing too bad. But uh, so my dad's from, from Chicago. So I'm a Chicago everything. The Bears, Bulls, Chi-town. Cubs. So, yeah, when the Cubs won the World Series, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. That was like a like seriously, that was almost like getting into heaven. Cause it's it's been so long. Like I, I almost thought I'd never see it in my lifetime. My dad's never seen it in his. So, but yeah, the Chicago uh, Bears are, are my favorite football team. Yo, the Bears are killing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Bears have been killing it. I've been impressed. You know what I'm saying? They're like they're a team that's just been silently creeping and being a threat. So they're they're definitely something to watch out for. A hundred percent. Oh yeah, and they're dangerous this season. But I think I think we're if everything goes the way it seems like it's gonna go in. Like two or three seasons from now, they're really going to be dangerous. Hundred percent. It's all development. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. It's like, like, <laughs> like, I don't know if you have it on right now, man, but the Cowboys are beating the Saints right now, and that to me is wild. Really? I'd say I didn't think they'd be winning. Yeah, that's crazy. No one did. I love me some Cowboys. Obviously, you know I'm a Pats fan. We out here in New England, baby. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. But uh, I love Cowboys being the second team. I'll tell you that. That's, that's America's team, man. America's team, baby. <laughs> I'm just saying, we keep it risky and frisky. You know what I'm saying? Tomorrow's Risky Frisky Friday. That's why I'm feeling a little out of the loop like this, because we out here. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, the the fact that you have themes like the uh, Monet pump up, the, the Frisky Friday, like it, it can mm. definitely keeps the show fresh. When you're doing daily content, man, I I really do appreciate the themes you have. Thank you, thank you. You know, it's like I know I said it was uh it was kind of easy before. But it, it really, I just, you know, you know what's crazy is that you just open yourself up. You know what I mean? I always say, like, I feel like a vessel because half of the content that I think of, man, it just kind of pops in my head or 
stems from a conversation with somebody, you know, something like that. But nine out of ten times, I just go with the motions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I mean that. And we, you know, we were talking before we actually started recording. The fact that you know you're able to just kind of turn on the mic and go with the flow—that's a talent, man. Thank you, thank you. You know, it, it, but like anything, you know, it gets better with time. So. At, at you know you learn what you should say like things that you do that you know you shouldn't do or things that you say that you you think you shouldn't say and things like that but it's all progress it's all work in progress you know what i mean we ain't sure. gonna all i'm not gonna sit here and say every fi- every episode i've ever done is fire i have a couple that i was feeling a little off maybe one day and they weren't as fire as the next but regardless as long as something hits somebody then it is what it is you know what i mean yeah, I know for me, sometimes, like, there have been a couple of episodes where I've, not that I felt it was horrible or anything, but I'm like, you know what, I, I, I didn't bring it like I usually do, and then I upload it, and then someone's like, I love that episode, I really loved it, I'm like, oh, well, hey, it, that lets you know, some, there's always something that everyone can get, that somebody can get out of every show. Yo, that's like they say, you know, that cliche, like, there's someone out there for everyone, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's something, there's an episode out there for everyone. So that that right there couldn't be more true, especially after what you just said. I couldn't agree more on that one. Yeah, unless you're just a shitty person. You know, no, there's even there's even somebody for the shitty people out there, because then it's just two shitty people, and that's when you get that miserable couple that you just look at, and you're like, you know what? They're shitty, but they found each other. So love is real. <laughs> <laughs> They're shitty, but they found each other. You know, there is beauty in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, even, even Oscar the Grouch is going to find someone one day. Someone dirty. Someone in a trash can, maybe. Someone that smells really bad. I don't know. Maybe it's Miss Piggy rolling around in some mud. I have no idea. Then him and Kermit are going to have a fight, and then what? Him and Kermit may even turn it into a trayway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> know. They could all get down in the trash can. Maybe we find out why he's so grumpy all the time. It's just because he ain't getting any action, you know? Maybe he's jealous of Kermit. You know, hey, I mean, wars have been built because people weren't getting enough, so, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. We just got <laughs> to wait on the Look at the Roman ep- Empire, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> and they were sleeping with each other's brothers and sisters, and that oh, was some man. sick I, shit. I think, you know? I think the Roman Empire was having too much sex. I think that was too their problem. They, they were having too much because they were just men, women. It didn't matter. They just. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, it's just man. gross. They they loved it. They loved everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if there's any savages in the world, it ain't terrorists. It ain't crazy ass people. It's the it's the Greeks back in the day sleeping with each other's sisters. You know what I'm saying? That shit is unreal. Are their own sisters sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, sleeping with their own sisters. I bet the moms even dabbled in with the sons. You know what oh, I'm saying? Man. I don't oh, want to get on that, but I'm just yeah. saying, you know, it's yeah. probably possible. <laughs> so, <You know>? um, <laughs> any anything left you got for me? Because I have one last question before we end. <laughs> You know, I'm a, I'm just going to simmer down a little bit, so I'm going to go say no. <laughs> we had enough uh, enough little risky fun on this one, so I'm, a, I'm just going to end my question list right there because only God knows where it's going to go from here. <laughs> Bet. So I'm going to give you a chance to plug your stuff before we tell everybody goodbye, but I ask all first-time guests of The Awakened Soul this question. What, what three songs, if you can only pick three songs, to put on the playlist that represents your life, what would they be? Oh, my God. <laughs> Three songs. All right. Uh, the first one. Oh man, what a difficult question! And I should have been prepared for it. I thought I had it off the fly, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna just wing it. You know what? The first one's probably gonna be. You know, first one's probably gonna be "Sky's the Limit" from Notorious B.I.G. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? That one right there speaks volumes. Another one is probably going to be... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go," you know, the '80s <laughs> joint, you know, because it's just fun and it's jumpy. You know what I'm saying? And the last one, you know, I feel like I gotta be versatile. Maybe go with the little R and B R and B route. Maybe I'm gonna have you know what? I'm gonna go with the '50s. I'm gonna have to go with Marvin Gaye. Ain't no mountain high enough. Oh. That's a classic. Yeah, probably that one just for the message. But, you know, as a fourth, I'd probably put on Let's Get It On because that's just me right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> risky but Fridays. those are my three. Yeah, Risky Friday. You know what I'm saying? But those right there, off the fly anyways, those, those are the first three that I can kind of think of that I would put on a playlist for life. Okay, bet. I like that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Matty Mo, the host with the most mojo. Uh, <laughs> Matty, go ahead and tell the, the wonderful <laughs> listeners of The Waking Soul where they can – uh, follow you, catch up with you, speak to you, listen to your podcast, give them all that good stuff. Ooh, baby. Well, first up, I want to thank you. Special shout out to CEO, Mr. Hayes, the Awakened Soul Podcast, baby. But you can hop on to com where we got it going on with the latest and greatest for your daily entertainment. I got some merch in the making as well, so make sure you subscribe, become a member, and most importantly, enjoy. You can catch me live on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, where you can also rate and review the show. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Google Play Music, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Breaker, Castbox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, YouTube, The Maddie Mo Show, IG and Twitter at Maddie underscore Pace, and Facebook at Maddie's Motivation. If you need a little kick in the pants, some inspiration, ladies and gentlemen. But without any further ado, that was my little message to you on where you can contact me. I just want to say once again, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure and an honor. And I hope you have a beautiful night, my friend. Oh man, you too. I, I want to. I appreciate you, man. I really do for reaching out, being able to do it last minute. I really appreciate this, man. All day, every day, baby. You know what it is. We out here getting it, <laughs> and it's been a pleasure. All right, man. Listen to the Waking Soul. Go and check out Maddie Mo, man. I, I I can't say enough. I if you guys haven't seen my tweets <laughs> about it, legitimately, Maddie, I say I save you, man, for when I right before I go into a meeting at work, and I know I'm gonna get pissed off, or it's gonna be a long pointless ass meeting that should have took 15 <laughs> minutes that last two hours and i'm like you know what that energy i need that right now because if i go in here the way i'm feeling i'm gonna shoot somebody All day, every day, <laughs> you know what i'm saying and we don't want that because then the awakened soul would be the uh the entrapped soul and we ain't trying to get that shit on there you know we want you to give bars not be behind them so i appreciate you using me as a little bit of energy because it's always here for you baby oh man absolutely well listeners go check them out man we out we out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That has been episode 78 of The Awakened Soul titled The Motivation Mindset. Thank you to all the guests who've been on this episode over the course of it. This has been a jam-packed episode, but just wait till next week when we bring you the discussion panel on white privilege. I'm really excited for this next week's episode. There's still time to get any voicemails in if you want to get your thoughts in on the subject. That is 614-547-203. Now, you can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, or thoughts on white privilege to theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. You can follow The Awakened Soul at Awakened Soul Pod or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on which social media platform you're on. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week and see you guys then. Uh, that's been it for episode 78. So we're going to go ahead and peace out. I will see you beautiful and lovely people next week or on social media before then. If you guys want to interact about anything said in this episode, peace. Peace.